welcome everybody that is joining us today. Uh, we hope that you are all having a blessed Sabbath. Yes, a blessed Sabbath uh, on this. What is it? I don't look. I don't even know. Are we in September, or October? Somebody tell me, because I honestly we're in I mean, September. All going these on to October. What was that? We're in September, going into October. Oh, is that what it is, man? I am so lost. Honestly, it has flown. I I almost feel like we should still be in August. Like, is that is that weird? To be honest, it, it time has flown by so quick. It feels like we've been doing this now forever. Like if it's been years that we've been doing this. Yes. It doesn't feel like it's recent. It's been, it's been like years. I know. Uh, anyways, um, I, I want to welcome uh, everyone and anyone that is joining us today. It is. Uh, I just checked. It is September 26th. All right. Great. You know, we need Christmas to show up or Thanksgiving <laughs> or something like that. I think that that would be awesome uh, if that was the case. Uh, Andrew, Jason, uh, how are you guys doing today? Andrew, I can't even see you, bro. Are you there? Man, I, been, I I just logged on. I've been trying to get my lighting situated. I don't know what's going on with my lighting. I wasn't able to fix it today. I don't know. I don't know that we have any more time for that anymore. Well, well how much time do you need us to turn on a light, bro? Don't you just that's it? It's official. Let me, let me move a couple. One with the worst light today. Let me move a couple lights. Yeah, man, we can't we can't see you. I don't even know if he's there. I I I, I can. I mean, I I know. I said, oh, see. I can't see him. I told you. It just says Andrew Sellis. There's no difference at this point. Um, so with light or without light. Uh, anyways, um, again, we want to welcome everybody that is joining us. If you are watching us and you are live, uh, send us a shout out. Okay, look at look at that, Andrew. You're back. Okay. Better. That's 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 way better. And shades lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's debatable. Uh, not, not, nothing wrong with that. Anyways. Um, again, we want to welcome everybody that's watching us. We know three o'clock is kind of weird time. Uh, we're still working out some uh, uh, a situation here on how we're going to be doing this uh, pushing forward. And if you are wondering, because it is very true, uh, you may have seen a promo where it had four of us on there. Maybe a promo where it had three of us on there. Do not worry. We have not kicked Martin out after one week of being on officially. Unfortunately, Martin was not able to join us today. He had some other things going on. You're telling them um, he, he didn't commit the, uh, the the unpardonable sin? Well, no, he didn't commit the <laughs> no, 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 he did not. But you know what happened though? I mean, I think I think he's gonna have to wait for his shirt now. You know what I mean? Like like he was on a roll now. I I, I don't know what's gonna happen here. So so before shirt. he was gonna get the keep calm. Now it's just gonna be keep. It's just gonna be key. He's, he's, not, he's, he's not even at the calm yet. He's not even at the calm. Well, wait, wait, we're gonna put the calm. We're not gonna put the keep because he, he he's gone now. Yeah, he's, he's gone. yeah, I don't I don't know. Just kidding. Come, come back to us, Martin. I can't believe you quit. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't quit. If he's watching, no. if he's watching. Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, you know, just so everybody knows, I mean, uh, some pastoral duties again. He's out in New York. For those of you who may not be aware, I know he said that before. Uh, so there's obviously a time hour a time time difference. Uh, but also, unfortunately, there have been some funerals out there that he has to attend to. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a big thing, and um, you know we can't we can't we cannot in, ignore that, right? That's that's the reality. Uh, but you know, at least uh, we're here. We're gonna try to carry this conversation. We were really hoping that Martin was gonna have all the answers. But tough luck to everybody here. You are now stuck with us, and uh, and so here we are. And we hope that you're gonna be part of our conversation. Make sure that you share this and uh, let others know that uh, we are having a conversation. On, on what I think, guys, by the way, because I, th I, think, I think the conversation we're having today, for some, may actually seem like a boring conversation, but this is actually really important, what mm -hmm. we're talking about today. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, well, we got to get into it, I guess, first. Um, uh, so uh, before we begin, though, 
I want to make sure that we are all aware that, again, as I said, some changes are coming. And part of those changes that are coming uh, have to do with where we're going to be showing Keep Calm and Advent On conversations from here on out. Um, and uh, w one of the main things is that we are focusing on uh, a YouTube channel specifically for Keep Calm and Advent On. That's already live and going. We only have one video uploaded. You're going to be seeing more in the next few days. But you can subscribe now. And by the way, I want a free T-shirt as well because I was the first one to subscribe. Okay, I was the first one to subscribe. So uh, you know, there should be something, right, for the person first person. That doesn't count if it's your own channel, bro. Come on. <laughs> that's unfortunate. You're right. So I, I think we should do. It. I think that's fair enough. To the first person that subscribes to our channel, gets a T-shirt. Yeah, not the first person that says happy Sabbath today. That not the first mean. person that says happy Sabbath today, but the yeah. first person that subscribes to the channel. Yeah, for sure. I, hey, I think that shouldn't have told them that they're going to pay attention to the conversation. They're going to go, they're going to be out there. Uh, yeah, I know they're going to be trying to subscribe, but anyways, um, we are going to be switching that soon. We have not made a decision as to when we're going to be switching to that YouTube channel. But if you want to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, again, there won't be much on there right now because we're really starting this up. But if you want to subscribe, and that'll be the way that our future conversations are going to happen, you want to go to our Instagram page. On our Instagram page, the link is up. Am I correct on that, Jason? Yes, the link is officially up. So um, just click on that link, and it's going to take you right to it. Like Got Mitch it. said, there's one video right now, but we the rest of the videos will be getting uploaded. We're still working on it, so you're only going to see the keep calm picture on there, but it will. it's going to look nice, guys. Uh, absolutely. And Jaylene is already putting on here that she has subscribed already. Uh, so that would mean, let's is see. This her, is this her redemption moment? Cause she was, she was throwing it at me that she didn't get no t-shirt. <laughs> is that what this is? She's I, been I nagging me about it. Last week's conversation, <laughs> yeah. throughout the conversation, she was bombarding me with text messages. Where's my shirt? Where's my shirt? Where's my shirt? <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe, uh, maybe that's what it is I, for sure. Hey, hey, for all our viewers out there, don't you guys think the guys up here need to get their shirt first? I'm just saying, come on, man. I've been waiting for them polos, guys. All right, all right. I, I, I'm making don't this promise live. I'm don't making this promise live. Lex no, conversation, I'm going to have my polo on. Whatever. There we go. <laughs> Whatever. You, you heard it live. I'll, I'll have my shirt yes, on next it live. week. You heard it live. i have my shirt on next week. Uh, yeah, but, hey, I want that Brooks Brother polo over here, man. Hey, Bring hey, it on hey, over. Hey. Hey, don't, don't let people don't let people know where I shop. What's up with that? Man? <laughs> I, feel, I feel a little self conscious about that now. Okay. Anyways, um, it's a it's a Brooks Brothers that was uh, purchased at Burlington though. Just you won't let me touch it. No, no, I can't, I can't <laughs> let anybody touch that. Uh, anyways, so uh, we want to begin it again. We want to welcome everybody that's watching us. I know Jaylene has sent a happy Sabbath. Uh, we got Isauda sending us a happy Sabbath, and and I get it because of the time difference. Uh, there, you know, we may we may run into some issues here as to people logging in, but we want to start. We want to begin. And we want to start talking about this. But before we do that, uh, we want to have a word of prayer. And so, Andrew, is it okay if you lead us with the word of prayer this, this afternoon? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. Bow our heads. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we come before you once again on your Sabbath day, Lord. Um, just asking that you would please uh, come into our hearts uh, as uh, we enter upon this conversation about uh, happiness, Lord. You know, this is a... It may seem to most people like it's uh, something that we just uh, look overlook, Lord, but we know that uh, uh, when it comes to our relationship with you and, and where these different topics go lead to, Lord, we know that everything is important, Lord. So we want to kind of look into uh, happiness a little bit, Lord, and, and what you have to say about it in your word. We just ask that uh, your Holy Spirit may be with all of our viewers, Lord, and that um, 
it may be impacted uh, in someone's heart uh, today. We ask all this in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Um, so again, we, we welcome everyone. Thank you, Andrew, for uh, the prayer. We welcome everybody that is uh, joining us today. And um, uh, uh, oh, we got Gio. We got also Gio saying blessing. It's been a while. Uh, you know, uh, we got we got to get Gio on one of these. Yeah, we got to get, we gotta get Gio here. back on one of these. Man, you know what? Hey, Gio's got the link. He can always just just log in whenever he wants. Oh, that, that's actually true. <laughs> Absolutely, I know he's got the link. So, you know, Gio, a hey, shout out hey, to you out of New York. If he wants to get on right now, I don't. I don't know if he's ready for that. But uh, if he's brave enough, though, you know, come on in. Come on in. <laughs> but no. But anyways, Gio, uh, shout out to you and everything you're doing out in New York as well. And uh, we're praying that things go well. Uh, and it's nice to see you uh, online. Um, so, guys, check this out. Uh, again, today's uh, conversation is titled The Pursuit of Happiness. And no, no, we are not talking about the Constitution. Everyone relax, okay? This is not going to be a conversation on politics. But um, it is an important conversation. Now, I want you guys to check this out for a second. Um, there was a study that was published uh, almost about two years ago um, that said the following. And I'm going to quote this. This is from The Independent. This is a newspaper out in uh, the U.K., uh, and it says people who follow a religion through active participation in congregations, notice this, tend to be happier, according to a study by the Pew Research Center. Okay, now this was, by the way, February 6, 2019, so not too long ago, right? According to the results, check this out, uh, religiously active people are typically happier and more civically engaged, meaning they are more likely to do things such as vote in elections or join community groups than adults who either do not practice a religion or do not actively participate in one. Additionally, the study also found that involvements in religious congregations coincides with some healthier lifestyle choices with the religious people reportedly smoking and drinking less than those without a faith. So I, to me, when I read this article, I said, okay, yeah, for sure, right? I mean, I know that religion definitely changes your life. But the happier part was the part that caught my attention, that generally people who are more religious are happier. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot real quick. I have not asked you this. I have not mentioned this, but this is just kind of a way to break the ice here. And by the way, this, this also goes to any of you that are out there. Are you happy? Are you happy? Okay. And this is a simple yes or no, I think. Are you a happy individual? Jason, do you consider yourself a happy individual? I say yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Andrew, do you consider yourself a happy individual? I, I do. I do. But I don't, I don't know about uh, the statistics, though. So I, I was reading this other statistic just to throw it out there randomly. Sure, sure. I, I didn't jot it down, but it said that anyone that makes, uh, they said $75,000 a year <laughs> or less is uh -huh. usually less happier than someone that makes $75,000 or more. And they said, but after 75000 they they saw that their happiness didn't grow anymore as you got more money. It just stayed the same. It plateaued. So I don't know. I don't know what that tells us, but I'm oh. I'm ass I'm assuming that you're about to tell us that you make more than seventy five thousand a year. No, I, I, wish, I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> no, I, I was saying I'm generally a ha a happy guy, but according to, 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 to statistics, let me get the word out. <laughs> I, I, I'm not supposed to be that. I like how I he said. I, I like how he said he generally is a happy guy because right now he's a sleepless guy. See, oh he's a man! Sleepless guy. I know, man. I, I, hey, I'm, especially I, I after eating that uh, that 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 um, Sabbath lunch. 
The Sabbath, Sabbath lunch is always great. <laughs> but but so so this is important, right? I think this is very important. The fact that there is a correlation between happiness. And, and, and in fact, we're going to bring in both studies. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to quote what you're saying as well, Andrew. The fact that there is a correlation with religious life, but apparently there's also a correlation of happiness or the level of happiness with economic status. And I think that's very interesting. I think that's a very important uh, thing that we got to say, because that's why we're, we're talking about this conversation of happiness. And I don't know about everybody that's watching us right now, whether or not you are happy. I'm hoping that you are happy. Mm-hmm. But maybe the question that we're going to try to get to eventually is why are you happy? But before we even jump into that, I think that we have to be on the same uh, in, in the same uh, terms, right? We got to be talking about the same thing, essentially. So let's start off there. What do we understand is happiness? And maybe more importantly, happiness in the biblical sense, if you guys see something there. So what is happiness? Let's start, let's start with that question right there. And by the way, before you guys answer, I want to also throw this question to everybody who is watching us right now. What is happiness? How do you understand happiness? We want to include you in this conversation. So definitely send us a a message on the chat and let us know this is what I think happiness is. All right. So uh, who's going to give it a shot first? What do you guys understand as happiness? I mean, you you want to go first? (laughs) I literally just looked it up. And I mean, there's several different things, but the general one says happiness. The term happiness is used in the context of mental or emotional states, including positive or pleasant emotions ranging from contentment to intense joy. Mm-hmm. It also it is also used in the context context of life satisfaction, satisfaction, subject, well-living, a word that I do not know how to pronounce, flourishing and well-being. That's that's the definition. That's a that's a dictionary definition, I'm assuming. Uh that's not the different dictionary one, but I'm assuming Wikipedia got it from the dictionary. God, this is a Wikipedia hey, definition. So, nice, what, nice. what was the, the word you couldn't pronounce? Because I couldn't pronounce statistics just a moment ago. <laughs> it I, think, I, think it's, I think it's pronounced eudaimonia. Oh, man. I, I couldn't tell you what that was. I, I have no idea what that word is either. Sounds right to me. I don't know. Uh, but anyways. Okay. Okay. So, so, and what do we pick out of that? Um, the idea that we're talking about contentment um I, I know i heard that word um what else uh, pleasure pleasure yeah it's all about your emotional state like mm. if it, it like it said it, it it goes through like different categories too like happiness doesn't just have like oh i'm happy and it's whatever like it goes like from either from being actually like just happy to like intense joy and i think that that that's that that's just something else right there because I personally feel like happiness and joy are two separate things. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. We're, we're going to get into that. Let's try to, <laughs> let's try to, uh, Andrew, what say you on the issue of happiness? Yeah. Well, you guys know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man of definitions. I always, I always, I like to define terms when we're going to these. So I started uh, looking a couple at a couple of different uh, sources. Uh, I know that there's no uh, biblical statement that says, happiness is this, you know, and that's what we're talking about today. Right. You know, we're going to try to, you know, pull out a, a couple of definitions from that. But I found this a uh, couple of uh, interesting um, definitions. I found this, uh, I forgot where I forgot to put the, the website where I found this, but I thought it was an interesting uh, definition of happiness or more so what it says about happiness. And then I'll, I'll read another definition. It says, 
humans are not designed to be happy. This is a, this is a secular article. This is not a religious article. It says mm. humans are not, are not designed to be happy or even content. Instead, we are designed primarily to survive and reproduce. Mm. Like every other creature in the natural world, a state of contentment is discouraged by nature because it would lower our guard against possible threats to our survival. So if we take this definition, this this to me sounds like a, a survival of the fittest, sounds like a, a sure. Darwinism uh, sure. mixed in with, a, you know, uh, sure. s- several of those definitions where uh, you can see the core of where this is coming from. I, I think it's interesting because it says, instead we are designed primarily to survive and reproduce, right? If we right. think of happiness as, uh, 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 as something that, that um, we are not designed to have, if we don't believe that we can achieve any type of happiness according to this uh this uh this definition that we have here then ultimately what happens to us right mm-hmm. it's just it's just a survival of the fittest all of a sudden uh uh the topic we talked about last week right doesn't seem so off right it's, 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 it mm-hmm. kind of seems uh more plausible why we see so many the rate in depression right when we take definitions like this right to primarily uh survive right it says a state of contentment is discouraged by nature because it would lower our guard against possible threats to our survival. So this is just one uh, definition of, of, or uh, I guess one point of view of happiness, right? That we're not really intended to be uh, happy. I I looked at another uh, definition. I I looked this one up on Google and it says, uh, happiness is feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. Now, uh, it's a short definition, but I, I think there was a lot to unravel there. And um, just in through those three words, feeling, pleasure, and contentment. I think we could we can go into each one of those words and we could just go branch off in, in its own direction, right? Sure, sure. Because I think when, when it comes to happiness, when it comes to all these different emotions, sadness, sometimes as Christians, I think what we do is we go to the extremes and we say, oh, we're not supposed to feel these different emotions. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to feel sad. You're not supposed to feel happy. You're not supposed to feel, you know, sometimes we go to the extreme where we say, you know, having these emotions takes away from your, your Christian experience, right? And we know that the Bible talks a lot about feeling, right? Uh, in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperate, desperately wicked who can know it. So there is a, a point of, of feeling where we have to be, uh, uh, I guess, uh, on guard, right? We can't just solely rely on our feelings and just go off feeling. That's why this idea of happiness being a, a reaction or an emotion, you know, sometimes as Christians, we kind of struggle with that, right? It says feeling happy, uh, happy is, is feeling or showing pleasure, right? We also know that the Bible talks about pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we, can, we can go on talking about that. Um, and uh, the last one was contentment, which w- which is what I would uh, more closely define uh, something like joy, which is where we're going to get into in a little bit. But I think that it's important for us to, when we're looking at happiness, to uh, take a balanced approach to this, right? Because, uh, you know, kind of like Buddhism, right? What does Buddhism do with uh, the, the idea of desires, where we're supposed to rid ourselves of all these desires, right, to come to this... Uh, this state of enlightenment, if you would say, you know, sometimes we want to do that, you know, we want to get rid of these emotions or say, oh, as a Christian, we can't feel certain emotions or we can't 
have these, but I think that we have to fall into a place that's balanced and, and look at them, uh, I guess, closely as the Bible puts it. Yeah, no, I, look, and by the way, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to add anything additional to what you guys are saying in regards to uh, happiness. Um, I, I think just in a practical sense, right, whenever I picture happiness or whenever I think of what it feels like to be happy, I think the, the, it's, it's contentment, it's joy, right? It, it is a sense of satisfaction of my current situation, right? Uh, I remember there was one day I was eating at a P.F. Chang's. That, that doesn't mean anything at all. But I was eating with my, with my uh, uh, with, uh, Chloe had just been born. So Chloe was in a stroller. Micah was sitting down on a high chair. My wife was sitting uh, across from me and I was sitting. And there was a moment where I saw my family, right? Like I see them. And at, at, at that moment, I had this overwhelming sense of happiness and joy at looking at my family and thinking, I'm a blessed man. Now, and, I, and that's a very interesting phrase, right? I was thinking about this. It's a, it's a very interesting, interesting phrase to say blessed because I think as a Christian, I sometimes say, well, how are you feeling today? And I'll say something like, instead of saying I'm happy, I'll say, oh, I feel blessed. And I almost use the words interchangeably, right? Like I interchange this idea of being blessed and being happy. They're not the same thing, obviously, but it happens. Let me, let me add something, though, from the sense of, um, of, of Scripture, right? Because it's interesting, depending on the version of the Bible that you use, happiness may or may not show up in your Bible, right? Uh, especially in the English translations. Um, but the word that most likely, especially in the Greek, would be translated into happy or happiness um, is the word makarios. Um, and makarios turns out to be translated in many other versions as blessed right? Or blessed. And so um, I, it, there, there seems to be something in scripture where the actual emotion, if I could put it that way, like the, the emotion of just simply feeling happy is, 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 a little, is a little different in scripture, if I could put it that way. Like it's not that the emotion doesn't exist. It's just that it seems to be bigger and fuller and deeper than just a simple emotion of, oh, I just feel good. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I just saw Ivan right now. He just came in. And on the chat, he put in happy Sabbath. And, and that's, it's a, it's a phrase that I guess we might as well mention right now, right? Because we do this, especially as Adventists, we say happy Sabbath. What are we trying to say with that? What if the person is not going through a happy Sabbath? We tell them happy Sabbath, right? Happy Sabbath to you, happy Sabbath to me. And so... Um, we we use this word I, at times I think very lightly. Not 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 that Ivan was saying anything wrong. I don't I don't want to say that that's the case. I, I'm I'm just pointing out that that is a phrase that we all use. Jaylene used it. Isaura used it. it. It just popped into my mind as soon as he put it in. Um, that we we do use this phrase very lightly to just simply express an emotion of pleasure or contentment uh, or satisfaction, right? But I, I think in Scripture, it's it's a lot more than that. And that's probably why the word happy, well, the word didn't exist back then, but that's why, especially the word makarios in, in, uh, in, in Hebrew, it would probably be the word semach. And, and again, it's this idea of feeling happiness or joy, but it still is much more profound than the way we understand it. Because let me ask you guys this. This is where I'm curious. Have you guys ever felt happy that uh, your favorite sports team wins? <laughs> See, this is exactly because of what you said is exactly the reason why I think even though happiness 
and being joyful or having joy go together, I feel like they're two separate things. Because mm -hmm. yeah, like of course, like my favorite sports teams win. Sports teams win, and I feel happy. I'm happy that they won. But by tomorrow, that sentiment is already it's, it's gone. It, it's it's gone. It's not to me. To me, to me, happiness is something that has an end. That's why the, the title says it. To me, the title says it perfectly. Pursuit. When you're in the pursuit, something is in the pursuit of something. It's because it's always. It to me, it's always something that could come to an end. You're always in the pursuit of something that could come to an end. And happiness is to me is one of those things. Like yeah, you're in the pursuit of happiness. You're trying to be happy. But that happiness, if certain things happen, come to an end. Hmm. Yeah, when yeah. we think about uh, the emotion of happiness, right? This feeling that overcomes. And if you were to ask anybody, you know, have you ever been happy in your life? You know, and I mean, I don't think anybody would say that they've never had a moment of happiness, right? Key, key word, a moment, right? And this is why uh, kind of it starts to get tricky because then we start to say, so if we've all felt happy at some point, does that mean that every time we feel happy, it's okay, that, that it's good, that that's that it's good to yeah, feel happy, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's when we start getting uh, to yeah. mixed into a, a feeling, right? Yeah. Just because something feels or, or makes you feel happy, does that mean it's necessarily good for you, right? Yeah. Or we look at the word pleasure, right? So we, we think of the word pleasure and we're like, ah, oh, we, we, we don't we, we don't we don't like that word pleasure because we instantly put something you know a negative connotation with like pleasure with, with mm -hmm. the word pleasure but pleasure in itself is there's nothing wrong you know god has has made us to uh, uh you know you know have pleasure in, in eating food pleasure in making friends you know all, all different different kinds of things right but i think the important thing when, when we're dealing with all these things is finding a balance right uh in second timothy uh three one through four all you guys probably know this right when um uh, Paul is talking to Timothy about uh, the the last days, perilous times will come, sure, right? Sure. Where it says, "For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money," and the, at the end it says, "Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God." Now, if we think of the word pleasure. There's nothing innately wrong with pleasure, right? You know, there's certain things that are pleasurable to us, but it says, "Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God," and that's where you start to get into to the, the tricky balance of the two right when pleasure has taken place over the love for god or when our feelings have taken over you know uh the place of god i think that's when we start to get into a tricky place and that's where it can become a little bit dangerous for us so innately happiness contentment you know uh, uh pleasure are there's nothing wrong with these some of these feelings it's it's uh what happens you know when we when, when we uh i guess position these and and i've always wanted to mention this verse uh, in these previous ones, because uh, it talks about uh, temperance, right? We have always mm. talked about being temperate, right? First uh, Corinthians nine twenty four says, "Do you not know that those who are in a race, who who run in a race, all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a crown, but we we for an imperishable." crown right and i'll just stop there you know in everything that we do we have to be tem uh, uh, temperate and mindful and balanced of of the way we're looking at these things and ultimately have god in in this order when it comes to all these different emotions right that's 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 interesting it's interesting the points uh, you guys have brought up um the uh the the temporary the temper the temporality i think is what i'm trying to say right of hap of of the 
of, of, of just the emotion of happiness. It lives for a moment, Jason, right? It goes away after a yeah. while. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then Andrew, this idea, right? That, um, that you can love perhaps that happiness more than you can even love God, right? Or, or that, or those things that bring you happiness. Look, let me, let me ask you guys this question. Um, do you guys believe that God wants you to be happy here on earth? I, I think about that for a second, right? Let it uh, marinate. <laughs> yeah. In, in fact, in fact, let me look, because I think we'll probably have the same answer here. Do, do you think that ultimately, ultimately, God wants you to be happy? Like at the end of all things, yes. we make it to heaven. Do you think there will be happiness in heaven? Yes or Absolutely. no? Absolutely. Of course. Right. 100%. Okay. So the, so no the issue. Crying, no more pain. It's all, it's all gone, right? Yeah. So the issue is here on earth. And by the way, if anybody is wondering why we're talking about happiness right after we talked about depression is because a lot of times when someone is suffering depression, the first thing that we tell them is, oh, you should be happy. Right. We tell them you should be happy. And then the question ends up as, well, what do you mean I should be happy? What, what exactly are we trying to tell the person? So it, it follows in this line. But now I'm asking, do you think that God wants everyone to be happy here on earth? Here on earth. Now, I'm not talking about heaven. Here. What do you guys think I'll about think, that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And, and I, I think it's a really good question. And I think that there, like what I was saying, you know, um, there's nothing innate, innately wrong with being happy, even here on earth. I think um, how many of us have ever asked God for something that we didn't need, but we wanted. Mm -hmm. And God still gives it to us because mm -hmm. he loves us. Right. Mm. Sometimes we, we get it by force, but sometimes he gives us things that we don't necessarily need, but he gives it to us anyways. Right. He loves us. And I think he wants to see us happy. The thing is, the, the thing is that, that we have to balance is what does he want more? Does he want your happiness more or does he want your salvation more? And when you when you put those two things, the, the balance on the balancing scale, salvation comes first. And the, the reason why I say this is that. When Jesus was here, he didn't come to preach happiness. He came to preach salvation. In 2 mm -hmm. Corinthians 4.18, it says, We do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So already we have uh, uh, Jesus who is focusing on the future, the eternal. That not, not the things that are here that are temporary, sure. right? Uh, 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 another scene... Um, where Jesus is healing the paralytic, where they let down the uh, four men, let the paralytic down. What does Jesus do, right? Uh, when the, the Pharisees question him, right? He, he tells the man, you know, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisee says, who is this who says that he can forgive sins? And then mm -hmm. Jesus says, so that you would know that the son of man has power to forgive sins. He tells the man, get up and walk, take your bread and walk. We can see in just that instance that God's prime priority in that was his salvation, the forgiveness of sins, then removing his paralysis, right? So sometimes we say, oh, does God want me to ha be happy? Does God want to remove all sickness? Uh, all, all, you know, if God wanted to, primary goal on this earth was to make everyone happy, would he have made that paralytic par uh, paralyzed? Would he have made it put him in that state to begin with? But his, that is not his ultimate purpose. His ultimate purpose for us on this earth is to save us. And if those two come in conflict, then one is going to outweigh the other. I, I want to give another example. 
right, where uh, Jesus is talking to the, where the, his disciples are walking with him, and they see a blind man, and they tell Jesus, who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus, and Jesus uh, says in John 9, 3, he says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him, right? So God's ultimate plan for this man was to reveal his glory through this man. I want you guys to picture this. What would have happened to this man if all of a sudden this man was not born that way? If he was, if he could see his whole life, would he have ever came to this place where we, he would have met Jesus? Where he would he have ever had a life-changing moment that could have possibly left to let to his led to his salvation? See, when we think about what Jesus was primarily here, he was not here to uh, uh, primarily bring happiness. He solely he looks for our salvation over happiness, right? Even with Lazarus' death. Right. What happens when he, what does he say to the people? It says in John eleven fourteen. then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go. If God ultimate purpose was for, for Lazarus to be happy and Martha and Mary, he didn't want them to cry and suffer. Then he wouldn't have allowed Lazarus to die. But that was not mm. his main priority. His main priority was salvation for those people. So this moment could have led to their salvation. It says so that they would believe. Okay. Okay. Fair, fair enough. I, I'm, I'm seeing this comment come in uh, from, from Priscilla. Um, and she writes, I, I want you to answer this, Andrew, because this, I think, goes directly to what you're saying right now. She says, I think God wants us to be happy here on earth because we are an example to others. And if we are miserable, unhappy people, we will not attract others to Christ. Why would they want to learn about God? Okay, so, so, so hear me out, right? Because I, I think she's got a valid point here. I see what you're saying. Salvation is the ultimate goal. In fact, I would argue that that is 100% true. I believe that's the way it should be. If anything, if anything, um, in this week's lesson, that's what it talks about. It, it even said, like, there's a specific line that said the greatest joy, the life's, um, that Peter would experience life's greatest joy, which was seeing souls want for the kingdom of God. So see, yeah. And that was, that was an interesting phrase too. I thought about that this morning, um, that, that the greatest joy is to see others, give their life to God, right? To convert to God. But what if what I am trying to share with people says something like what you said, Andrew, and I'm not picking on what you're saying. I'm just, I, I just using the examples that you gave, right? Where imagine that Jesus sees the paralytic man and says, Hey, your sins are forgiven and leaves him paralyzed. Wouldn't that story have the same effect? Because here's the question. Once the paralytic man was healed, was he happy that he was healed or was he sad that he was healed? He's happy. I would, I would assume that he was ecstatic, right? Uh, in fact, maybe there's another example where um, uh, uh, Peter and John are on their way to the temple, right? There's a, there's a paralytic man as well. They say, hey, we don't have money. We don't have gold. We don't have silver. But what we do have, we'll give it to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. The Bible says that he literally jumped for joy, Right. So he was excited about it all. But imagine that at the end, all that happens is, hey, son, your sins are forgiven. I mean, is that ultimately what God wants to do is just to leave us say, okay, cool. My sins are forgiven, but I'm still I, in the I, same I, miserable I, situation. I, I think we, we, we don't, we just don't know the situation, to be honest. And the Bible says the, the um, what does it say? Rain falls on the just and the unjust. Sure. Right. That there's happy moments and there's down moments in everyone's life, no matter what. And God is ultimately trying to weave 
salvation for every single one of us. And it, like I said, I go back, I'll fall back on that point. If he has to mess with your happiness to get you to heaven, then so be it. It's like mm. the uh, like the quote I was telling you before. Uh, the unfortunate thing about us as humans is the only time that we look up at God is when we're on our backs. I'm glad that you said that. That if he has to take away our happiness, that's why th- this is this is this is why I keep on saying to me, happiness and joy are completely different. Mm-hmm. To me, happiness is something that's very, very, very human. It's a human attribute. It's not necessarily something that God gives. Because if we look in the Bible, God gives joy, even though the two go in hand. That to me is what like that. That to me is a distinction. Because the only way you can obtain joy is through God. As a Christian, it's through God. God is the one that gives you joy. But you can find happiness in other things. I can find happiness in playing soccer. Doesn't mean that necessarily God gave me that. I can find happiness in, um, I don't know, playing video games. I can find happiness in cars. But it's something that has an end. As to me, when I think about joy, that's that's one of the things that says it's everlasting. God gives you everlasting joy. It's something that comes from God. Okay, hold on, hold on. Can I can I can I ask whether or not joy includes happiness in your eyes jason no it does like i said both of them go together okay just happiness is a very human thing okay i mean it's just very very human we're, we're like as, even as a christian we're going to experience happiness of course mm. but i feel like that everlasting joy you could only really experience it and experience true happiness which is brought in by joy when you have god in your life See, see, look, I look, I find I find all these terms very interesting, guys. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. And I maybe maybe this is just the the nerd the Bible nerd in me, right? That finds this uh all fascinating. Because we talk about happiness, we talk about joy, and I understand what you're saying, Jason. Now you brought about another term, true happiness. Ooh. Right? Right? And that's that's a what wait, what do you mean true happiness? Okay, because now I'm gonna ask you, Jason, uh-huh. to explain what I suppose is the opposite of this. If there is such a thing as true happiness and there is such a thing as false happiness, what would you say is false happiness? I would say to me, uh, thinking with uh, from a Christian view, untrue happiness is being happy with all your materialistic things, being a very materialistic person, thinking that money is the one that's going to bring you happiness. Mm. When God isn't in your equation, when God isn't your source of joy and happiness, that to me is when it's, that, that to me, it's with, it's a flawed happiness because mm-hmm. what happens the day you lose your house, the day you lose your job, the okay. day you have no more money, you have no hope. You have no joy. Everything falls apart. But mm-hmm. if that were to happen as a Christian and your true source of happiness is God, your joy is the joy in your life is God. Even though you're going through those hard times and you might feel sad, you might feel angry. You might feel all of these things at the end of the day, you still be like, Hey, I have God on my side. Like I am going through a tough time, but you still have hope. And that hope brings joy. See, see okay. See, that's, that's, just, look, that's the thing. Yeah. That's from a, like a Christian viewpoint. Obviously, if we're not going to view it from a Christian viewpoint, me having me making $75,000 a year is going to bring me happiness because then that means I could go out to eat. If I want, I could go buy the car that I like, maybe not a million dollar car, but if the, I like this car, I could go to the dealer right now and go get it. Mm. You know? That, that to me would be the, I guess you could say untrue happiness. Okay. I see. Look, but, and now, and now I'm going to pick on you one more time, Jason, 
because you added another phrase. And I'm not saying you're wrong on these phrases. I agree with what you're saying. I, I, but now you said true source of happiness, right? I look, I find, and, and I'm, I'm only saying this because I think it's a, it's a fascinating way to look at this concept of happiness where the issue isn't even so much the emotion and, and, and please push back on me on what I'm about to say, right? The issue isn't so much the emotion. The issue is the source when it comes to happiness, mm-hmm. right? Right. The, yeah. the issue is the source. That's, that's where we start running into problems. So look, okay. look this is, okay. Look, yeah. look at this. Let's say, let's say we're like just random scenario. Okay. Your enemy dies. Okay. What does that bring to you? Happiness. Your enemy's dead. You have no more, you're, you could consider yourself happy, but mm-hmm. is that, is that something to really be happy about because someone died? That's uh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, that's the thing about, that's the thing about like my, like my true happiness idea or like my idea behind everything I've said. Sure. If it's not based to me, honestly, if it's not based on God, as hard as you try, that happiness isn't going to bring joy and it's not going to be remain happiness. It's going to, that's why I say it's a human thing because it's going to have an end. Whereas if your happiness and if your joy is based on God, God doesn't have an end. Or this isn't going to have an end. Can I, uh, uh, just to change it, there's a, a, a question here from Ivan. He sure. put, do you think Jesus was showing what came first when you mentioned the story of the par- paralytic where Jesus forgave and then he healed? Do you think he does the same for others nowadays where he he let, I think it cut off, let others let's, gain yeah. salvation then feel happy? I think that that's definitely that's something that that, that Jesus can do today in our lives as a matter of fact in romans 5 1 through 5 um paul writes something interesting he says therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through him we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the in hope of the glory of god he says not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. If God's primary goal is to save each and every one of us, even over happiness, it says here, we are going to rejoice in our sufferings. Of course, only in Jesus can we have that joy that you know that rejoicing it says knowing that suffering produces endurance right there are certain characteristics or certain uh, uh things that uh, sufferings produce right and unfortunately for us as humans sometimes god has to do that with us mm-hmm. right what would happen and this is this goes back to the and i'll mention this later to the rich young ruler right where jesus says how hard it is for uh, uh for the rich to enter into heaven because mm-hmm. someone who has all these things who has the perfect life, right? Never sees a need for a God, never sees a need to reach out for a God. If we, if God was to leave us in a state of complete happiness where we, everything was going right all the time, when would we ever search for him? Look, and I think that there's a big difference right there. Look, because imagine obtaining all those riches because you became faith, because you were faithful to God. You obtained to that as to you are rich and because you're rich, you have no need of a God. I think there's a big difference because even with all of that, I think if the rich young ruler would have obtained all his riches because he was faithful to God, it would have been completely different. He would have easily have let everything go 
and follow Jesus. Okay, well, yeah, but I mean, but then the example of Job is that he was a faithful man, a God-fearing and a God-loving man as he was rich. Before, before, before he even lost anything. See, I, so I understand what you guys are saying. I, I, guess, I guess my issue would be in, in the assumption, and I don't, I don't even know if this is even what you guys are saying, either one of you. I, I, but I think someone could come to that conclusion that God is going to take you through an experience of pain so that you can be saved and then be happy. I don't think that's the case in every single circumstance. No, I don't, I don't okay. I, I, yeah. Okay. Good. Then we agree on this, right? Because I think that it, it's going to vary from person to person. Right. Um, and, and ultimately I think God wants, yes, for sure. He wants to save us. And I think that's the ultimate goal of God. He wants to live with us forever. And in the process, some of us may go through more pain than others. Some of us may experience more happiness than others. I, I, it's almost as if God uh, tailors the experience of redemption to every single one of us individually based on what we need. Now, I, I, I wanted to say this because I think that we have to distinguish between or, or, not, or not us distinguish, but we have to recognize the, what God distinguishes between what is earthly and what is heavenly, because there is a difference in scripture about this, right? The idea of earthly things are temporary, i.e. riches, Jason, right? Mm -hmm. That's temporary. Whereas what is heavenly, i.e. salvation, is something that will last forever. So you guys remember Matthew 6. This is a parable. Um, I'm sorry. This is a Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. 19 and onwards, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Oh, the issue isn't treasures. That's not the issue. Okay. Now, of course, he's speaking um, uh, symbolic, not symbolically, he's speaking uh, illustratively, right? It's not that he's literally talking about treasures because there is no way I can put a dollar up in heaven at this moment. But he says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. You see his problem isn't the treasures. His problem is the treasures being on earth where this will pass away at some point. He says, but store up, this is verse um, 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, I think, I think this is an important, distinguish, uh, an important distinction, right? Which is you have the idea of happiness here on earth. I'm cool with that. I don't have a problem with it. But ultimately, that's not as great or as important as the happiness that is forever, where vermin and moth will not destroy. See, and so you got to ask yourself, are you pursuing happiness? Or I would say many of us are pursuing happiness, but there are some things that we are pursuing to obtain that happiness that at the end, just wither away that at the end do not last and god is offering you happiness that will last forever and ever oh man i want i want i want to piggyback off this so bad because i i agree 100 percent and uh to that to that verse that you were using i have a, another verse that's similar uh going back to the to the um jesus with the rich young ruler you guys remember what happened you know what my when he says what must i do to be saved sure. right sure. you know and he says i've done all the commandments from 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 youth right and Jesus says, one thing you still lack, right? Give up all that you have, right? And follow me, right? Well, in, in Matthew 19, 21, it says, Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor 
and you will have treasure in heaven, just like mm. you said, mm. and come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So this tells me that in the rich young ruler's mind, who did not accept Jesus' call to salvation, the call of salvation to him was sorrowful because he had great possessions. So his definition of happiness was in his possessions, like you were saying. It was his not source. in Jesus his salvation. source. I wouldn't his say source. his definition, his yes, source. Yes, yeah, yes. for sure. For sure. And it was not in his salvation and not in what Jesus was offering. And I think that's so powerful because he went away sorrowful. That's the op sorrowful is the opposite of what we're talking about here. He didn't go away happy, right? So if we take that, then it's the opposite. Then what made him sor sorrowful was what Jesus was asking of him. Instead, he wanted to return to what he had, his great possessions, with that which was making him happy temporarily, as we know the story goes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. That's interesting the way you put it. it it's it, look, because the rich young ruler is sorrowful because his answer, the answer that Jesus gave him disappointed him. Right? And he's looking at the situation, he's saying, Wait, this is it? Eternal life requires of me to get rid of all my riches. I'm not, I'm not ready to do that. And that, and that, and that made him sad that he was not, that he was not what qualified that he was not willing. I don't know what you would say. Right. But, and it's not only that Jesus says, give up everything. And he tells them, he doesn't tell them just give up everything and follow me. He says, you will have treasure in heaven. This right. is the message that we preach to people. We said that God has going to come back to save us. Right. And of course, we're going to have treasure in heaven. We're going to spend eternity with God. But this is not appealing to people. The treasure in heaven part is not appealing to people. They want the treasure on earth. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. But why? But why? Because I think that's that's an important point. Why is it that it's not appealing? Why well, is um, it that, that, that heaven is not appealing and well, what's, you, what God, on earth is more appealing? 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Okay, you you think because it's because it's foolish to some people? I think it's I think I think salvation to some is is something that's far fetched, something that they they don't possibly they don't perceive to be if if you know to be something that's attainable, or they are living for the here and the now. Okay, what they know is tangible, what they can see, right? The, uh, Jesus says that which we cannot see is eternal. That which you see is temporary. People are looking at what they can see. They don't want what they can't see. They want the here and now. Hmm. The, 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 if we go back to this week's lesson, and it's talking about Peter, I think it was Thursday's part. Let me actually pull it up so I can read it. So it talks about Peter having the privilege of working for God, like accepting it. When sure. Jesus tells him, like, look, tend to my sheep, all of this, he sure. literally Jesus told him, dude, you're going to be crucified too. He gave him. Like he told him what was going to happen if he went down this path. But even like Peter knew it, like it says right here, but the privilege would come with the price. It would demand a sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. Peter was asked to make the commitment with his eyes wide open for Peter knew that no sacrifice was too great to join Jesus in his mission to the world. And that's the problem right there. When it comes to salvation, to taking salvation, so to make salvation your happiness, there has to be sacrifices made. But when someone is so into the things of this world, that they're so materialistic, that their riches make them happy, that the worldly things make them happy, making that sacrifice is beyond them. 
That's uh, that's you know what though, Jason. Hold on, let me say this, man, because that's so ironic of this world. You're right. You're right. You're hundred percent right on what you're saying, but there's a weird irony to this, because if you want to be at the top, if you want to be a LeBron James, I, I just I just found this out. I, I I heard this this week, right? And I'm sure other people knew about this, but I didn't know this. LeBron James is 35 years old. Correct me if I'm wrong. 35 years old. I think, I think. So, yeah. somewhere around there. Okay, 35 years old. And the dude is in better situation, in better shape than probably guys that are 10 years younger than he is. Okay? And I found out that he spends a million dollars to take care of his body. A million dollars a year to take care of his body. That's a lot of money, right? This isn't, Jason, this is not a gym membership, bro. Yeah, I'd I'd look like that too if I had a million dollars. I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, Okay, but, 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 but this is what I'm thinking of, right? And I'm saying, wow, if, if, and he has to sacrifice so many things at his age to stay in shape, but guess what that does? That makes him at the top of his game. And you could argue if he's the best or not. I don't care about that, but you, you, we, we do admit, at least I think most of the sports world recognizes that he is one of the top athletes in the world. And so my, my question is, if you guys want to reach the top and obtain that greatest amount of joy possible. Even in this world, outside of spiritual things, you still have to sacrifice stuff, man. Like that still has to happen. And yet people want the easy way out. There you go. And That's in, it. And in the process, you know what? Man, I love French fries. I love pizza, oh, man. man. It tastes great, brother. You know what? I love mashed potatoes that are like soup. You know what I mean, Andrew? Okay? <laughs> I know what you mean. You, you know what I mean? I love yeah. it, man. And if I could eat it every single day, I would. But here's the problem. It's much easier to eat that than to eat healthy things. Oh. But what will give me greater satisfaction in life? Eating all the unhealthy things all the time or making the sacrifice and eating the healthy ones? It just seems like it's a, a, a law of nature, right? Like this is what you have to do. To be happy, it requires sacrifice. And can I mention uh, when we're on materialism, give you guys a definition that I mm. thought it says a tendency to consider material possessions and physical comfort as more important than spiritual values. Isn't that what we're talking about? That's crazy. <laughs> and, and I actually want to reach you guys. Uh, and then that leads there, to oh, another term. Oh, bro. Yeah, I, I know. know. I know. I just, I, I, wanna, I just, I just, yeah. can I just say this? Don't, don't lose what you're going to say. I just want to say this. To all my dear brothers and sisters that are struggling right now because church building is closed. Is it very possible that the structure, the edifice, the building, the material is what gives us satisfaction and not actually the spiritual aspect of church? What you're saying is so powerful, brother, because I think this be, this all of a sudden applies to many, many things in life. Keep going. I'm sorry. I just want to say that. And the physical comfort. Don't forget about the physical, physical comfort. comfort. Yes. Man, yes. more important than spiritual values. I wanted to read this. Uh, this. Uh, this kind of this little story that I found. It says. Uh, it says even when all our material and biological needs are satisfied, a state of sustained happiness will still remain a theoretical and elusive goal, as Abdal Rahman the Third, Caliph of Cordoba in the 10th century, discovered. He was one of the most powerful men of his time who enjoyed who enjoyed military and cultural achievements as well as as the earthly pleasures of his two harems, 
Towards the end of his life, however, he decided to count the number of days during which he had felt happy. They amounted to precisely 14 days. <laughs> 14. With everything that he had at his disposal. 14 Absolutely days. That's, that's materialism for you. Okay, okay. So, so, here, so here, goes, here goes this question here. Um, can bad things make us happy? I think, I personally think something bad happening to you will make you happy on the long run. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, let me let me clarify the question. Let me clarify the question. Okay, <laughs> can something that is not right, mm, something that go. God does not approve? I, I, in fact, let me, there I, I'm we at, go. Jason. Let's... Yeah, Jason, I'm going back yeah, to I... you right here. Okay, because but I think I, you have a point on what you're going to say. But I, I, my my question, I'm sorry, I, I phrased it wrong. Can something that is immoral make us happy temporarily huh and if you temporarily and de depending on your values as a christian if you're you're making those immoral things as a christian the first time that you make a sin you feel horrible about it, right first time it's like oh man like i'm sorry god i messed up but if you keep on doing that sin over and over and over and over and over it's like the calluses i have on my hands hmm it gets hard and you don't feel it anymore. It doesn't right. hurt anymore. Right. And then eventually you completely forget that God said you're not supposed to do that. And eventually that does bring you joy. But then at the end of the day, it's something that God didn't plan for you. It's something that shouldn't bring you happiness with God in the picture. So I, I personally think they can only when God's not in your life. Immoral things can only bring you full happy. Like they could bring you happiness if you're if God's not in your in the picture. Tem temporarily, right, is what you're saying, mm -hmm. and 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 God would have to be out of the picture. That's interesting, uh, Andrew. What do you think? Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, to find a quote that I have here. It's a quote from Ellen White, because we say that you know, can we be happy uh, in an immoral situation? I would say yes. If 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 we're defining happiness as a feeling of pleasure of contentment right a reaction to something right not a state of being right a, a, a feeling right uh, ellen white actually writes this uh, i was going to actually talk about this later but i'll mention that now it says this is from great controversy 493 uh two it says the law of love being the foundation of the government of god the happiness of all created beings depended upon their perfect accord with its great principles of righteousness god desires from all his creatures the service of love homage that springs from an intelligent appreciation of his character all right i'll just stop there it says here the happiness of all created beings depended upon their perfect accord with its great principles of righteousness mm -hmm. what is the law of god but his ten commandments right mm -hmm. which is summed up and love the lord your god with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the foundation of God's go government, right? Anything outside of this will not bring us, how would you guys say, true happiness. It says, happiness of all created beings depended upon the perfect accord with these great principles. God gave us these commandments for us, not so they can he can restrict us, but so that we could find full joy and love in him and others. This is, this, this to me is so powerful because it tells me that 
the joy or the happiness that God would want for us is something that's ingrained in us to point to him. It's not something we go look for or search for, right? It's something that God has given to point to him, right? And these the commandments that he's given us are to bring us joy. And, and, and to me, it tells me, why is it that no matter how many things that we do, and I say this from my personal experience, who's been into racing, who's got into, uh, you know, uh, done, done things here or there, right? Who For the moment of pleasure, right? Or for the moment of the adrenaline, Right. You do these things and yeah, you're happy at the moment. But why is it that maybe after you get your new car and then a year, your car is already outdated and now what? You're not happy anymore. What happens oh, to that, that PC tower that you just build? They come out with a new graphics card and what? What happens? You're not happy anymore. What happens? Why you got? Why you got? Why you got to bring that up, bro? Why you got to bring that up? <laughs> what, happens to, hey, what happens to your favorite basketball team and all of a sudden they, they don't make the conference finals? What happens? I feel I feel bad for all the Clippers fans. You know what I'm saying? So all these things are dependent upon the moment, right? But right here it's saying that happiness of all created beings depended upon God's law, God's perfect law of love. Okay. Okay. And that to me is something that is ingrained. And that's why we feel empty. Uh, uh, when we are not having a relationship with God, when we're not loving God and loving others, that's why there's an emptiness there because we're looking for happiness everywhere else to fill that void and it can't fill it. It's depending okay. upon God's law of love. Let, let, yeah, let me share. Let me share this with you guys because I want to get your reaction on this. And again, we want to thank everybody that's joining us today. Um, and uh, again, if you got if you got a question as well, you want to bring in a comment in this, uh, feel free to do so. Uh, but but tell me what you guys think. This is actually this was written by, by uh, Mark Ballinger, um, a Christian writer. He's saying the following. He says, "When personal happiness becomes the end goal of all that we seek." Personal happiness then becomes the governing principle in our individual lives rather than the Holy Spirit. And, and this, is the, this is the part that caught my attention. The thought process in our decision is no longer, is this right and pleasing to God, but rather, will this make me happy? Okay. In fact, he, a little hey, bit later, the he says- same language it's using too. Principle, yeah. government. I love yes. it. Yes. That's, that's why I'm bringing this up. Look, look at this even further. He says this a little bit further down. He says- Man says, do what you must to make yourself happy. God says, do what you must to make God happy. And in the process, you will find a greater joy than ever before. Man's happiness terminates on itself. God's happiness for man finds its end goal in God. See, look, I what, what he's saying is so true, right? I'm, I'm going to take... Um, uh, marriage as a as a uh, as an example, okay. I, I've asked a number of couples this, and I've said, "Why do you want to get married?" Jason, listen up, bro. Okay, <laughs> we know you're engaged. All right, here we go. Why do you want to get married? And you got to be very careful when you. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not no, no, no. Oh, I want me to answer Jason, right now. Answers. No, 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 no. I don't want you to answer that. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Okay. Putting them on the spot like that. Yeah, put, no, 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 no. But, but, but hear this out, Jason. And if the answer is, oh, because that person makes me happy, I'm worried about that. I'm, I'm worried about that. Okay. If the reason you want to marry somebody is simply because that person makes you happy 
what happens in the moment where that person does something that does not make you happy? Mm-hmm. You begin to question the marriage at that point, right? Now, it may not happen immediately, but after repeated instances where the other person does something that doesn't make you happy, you start wondering, wait a minute, I'm not happy in this relationship. Well, the problem was that you started going into a, or you entered into a relationship, a long-term commitment, simply because the other person made you happy. Whereas the principle of God's government goes in and says this, what makes you happy? And I'm going to go back, Jason, to the example that you gave in the lesson, right? Where he talked about how uh, God wanted Peter to discover the greatest joy of people giving their lives to God, right? I'm paraphrasing, but that's, that's what it said. In other words, that in God's government, the way that we become happy is by making others happy by giving others love by giving others joy and so going back to the marriage and i know you want to say something jason let me just finish this (laughs) here here we go here we go um and so going back to the marriage the idea is this why do you want to get married and if the answer from both sides is because i want to spend the rest of my life making this person happy that is already setting up the basis of a long-term marriage that will be not perfect, but will be will have a lot of satisfaction. But you see how it's different, right? The world today will go in and say, what makes me happy? Mm-hmm. What are the things that make me happy? And we are only in pursuit of that that makes me happy. And, and can, I, can I even take this a step further? I would even say, not even going into the marriage and saying, like, how can I make you, this person happy because then it just becomes this, how can this person make me happy and vice versa but rather you know god first how you know and then through god you know loving god and then through god allowing that to disperse through each other right because if, if we just if we just go off how do we make each other happy and all of a sudden like you said one time we can't make each other happy then what happens but if we're both loving god and then that that love is redirected to each other then all of a sudden the focus is taken off of each other making each other happy, right? And then allowing God to fill in those places where we can't make each other happy. I actually have a quote to back up what Mitch was saying. And I mean, we're Christians. Christian means we're followers of Christ. And we try to live up to Jesus' example and example him, right? So in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 58, Ellen White writes this, what sustained the Son of God during his life of toil and sacrifice? He saw the results of his travail of his soul and was satisfied. Looked into eternity, looking into eternity, he beheld the happiness of those through which, through his humiliation, had received pardon and everlasting life. His ear caught the shout of the redeemed. He heard the ransom one singing the song of Moses and the Lamb. And that, that when I read this, it kind of reminded me of my parents, mm. especially coming from a uh, being a first generation going into college, being a college graduate, that my parents didn't finish high school. Well, that both of my parents, well, one of them didn't finish high school. One of them didn't graduate college. They've always, it's always been about sacrificing for your kids, sacrificing for your kids, like doing this so that your kids can have a better life. When I read this and I saw that, and like, I saw that, that, that that's what Jesus was doing. It made me think of my parents as well, because what did my parents do to try to have me live a more comfortable life than what they grew up? That's what my parents did is just 10 times more quantified in what Jesus did. Mm. Jesus did the same thing that my parents did, but he did it at such a greater level. He did it for all of humanity. 
like his happiness, what kept him going, what made him happy, what filled him up was seeing that even though he was going through the stick of it all, he was getting the beatdowns. He got crucified. He was getting spit on. People were hating him. There were so many people that wanted the worst for him. But seeing that even though he was going through all of that, someone else came out better because of his situation, that was more than enough for him. You, you know sometimes, what? sometimes that that feeling of servitude is what we we Christians lack. And sometimes that void that we're that we have is because we're missing that small sense of servitude. We don't like being servants to others. We don't like making others happy. We we get all sucked in with what the what the world tells us. It's like, hey, it's about me yeah. and getting mine and me being happy. Yeah, completely about everybody else. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and in fact, and that that's and that and that's my whole point, right? It's this idea of what makes me happy. To back up what you're what you're saying, Jason, uh, and and we had not coordinated on this, but um, there's a it seems like we did with all these quotes no. matching. Yeah, that's I the know. Holy Spirit. Yeah, no, for sure. Ellen White says the following. This is a testimonies on sexual behavior, uh, page 57. Jesus, our redeemer comes to men. Now it's talking about men, obviously uh, like, like, like males, right? But obviously this applies to everyone. Uh, Jesus, our redeemer comes to men and says, I love you. I want to make you happy. Just stop right there. Right. Okay. Jesus wants to make me happy for sure. He says he shows his hands and his feet and says, I have suffered for your sake. I bear the shafts that are aimed at you. I will carry your burdens. I will shelter you. Trust in my surety and you shall have the great reward of life forevermore. Right? So we know that the sacrifice of Jesus was meant to make us happy. Here's the, here's the fascinating question to all of this. What makes Jesus happy? Because I would argue that giving his life up for others so that others could be saved is the ultimate source of his happiness, right? This is, this is the greatest thing that he wants more than anything in the world is for you and I to give our lives completely to him. I got another quote. We were in Herald, December 24, 1889. Jesus has given every evidence that he loves you in that he died to make you happy, to make you happy again, through the treasures of his grace in this life and to make you happy in the future immortal life. And to me, that's the thing. I wish if we were able to grasp on something is the fact that the happiness that God gives can not only make you happy in heaven, but here on earth as well. The difference is that it goes beyond what is here on earth and it goes into heaven. Yeah. And, and, and just to add to that too, you know, you guys are bringing up Jesus. I think it's so important too, that you, what you guys are talking about, this idea of, uh, happiness of you getting your own like you said jason right happiness of from a worldly perspective from here you know it says what do i want right as opposed to what jesus says when all of a sudden he's in the garden of gethsemane and he says you know it let this cup pass but not my will but thy will be done this idea of giving up his will to god right and this is almost like uh, uh, an example to us right if we want true happiness it's not about how can I make satisfy myself? How can I, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, find pleasure uh, for myself, you know, but it's about giving our will up to God. Mm. And God is the one that's going to fill us with that joy that we're connected to from the source of, of the law of his love. And I think that's just so, so important. In it, and it shows us, you know, from Jesus himself, you know, that he himself was giving the will to the father. How much more us, right, in this uh, modern day, happiness go get your happiness it's all about you 
uh, era. That's 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 interesting. What's crazy yeah, go, go about ahead, this yeah. is that when you really try to experience that happiness that God can provide, like even without asking, and like just like He still gives it to you. Like um, there, there's just a when, when I pray every time I'm about, I'm about to eat my food, right before I finish my prayer, I like I always remind myself like okay, I, like I I tell God like look God, um, if there's someone out there that doesn't have food, provide for them or allow me to provide for them, like use me to provide for them. So there was a certain situation that happened a couple of weeks ago. I am not a fan of McDonald's. I, I don't really, if I don't, if, if that's like the last thing I, you don't the, like their apple pies, bro. Come on. Hey, I, I said, I don't, what about their fries, bro? Fan, wait, wait, right? I'm not supposed to eat fries. What am I saying? What am I saying? I'm not going to go to McDonald's. Hey, man, I'm being honest. If I, like I have fries. like In-N-Out or Wendy's on the side. Sure. No, so that's funny. It happened that, um, the only place that we could get food at the moment from was McDonald's because it was right there. We're on the road. We're in a rush. Sure, so sure. I had to stop there. I didn't feel like eating it. But being that it, being that I had ate earlier before that, but still I had made that prayer. And I honestly, every time I always go out on the street, every time I'm about to go buy food, if I can buy something extra, or if I see someone before I get to the food place, I'm like, no, no. Like if I can provide for them, I'm going to provide. Mm-hmm. So th- it just so happened that I didn't want to eat that day. And we bought extra food. There was literally an extra burger, an extra pack of fries, and an extra extra nuggets. And that's always my prayer. Help me provide for them. Mm-hmm. So we end up pulling up to this gas station in the middle of the desert, coming from Calexico to my to to um, to my house, three-hour sure. gap. You're literally in the middle of nowhere. It's that gas station, and everywhere on around it is dark. Sure. I park to use the restroom, and this gentleman, literally, there's a trash bin next to me. This gentleman is literally going through the trash bin trying to find something to eat so in my head i was like boom that's why i always pray for this because now look at the situation that god put me in Mm. so i give the food to the guy and i see the happiness in that guy's face like his lace his face just lit up he had a smile from ear to ear and he had happy he he was happy he had his food and then me and me and seeing that made me happy i was like wow like i really just made this guy's day like Mm. And I'm like, thank you, God, for allowing me to provide for him. So if that's what that's how I feel when I help somebody here, like I could only imagine how happy God gets when someone's like, I accept your sacrifice. I accept yeah, like yeah. I could I could only imagine how God feels based on my experiences here. Well, well, that's that's it's an interesting example that you bring up at the end. How does God feel? Because You know, let's take the example of a baptism of which we have heard and we have read in scripture as well, that when someone gives their life up, when a prodigal son comes back to the father, there is joy in heaven. There is feasting in heaven. There is celebration in heaven. By the way, I look, this is just a side note and I'm totally going to get in trouble for what I'm about to say right now. Um, uh oh! I, hey, I, I, I like these 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 coming out. Yes, I know, <laughs> I know. Here we go, man. It's just it's stuff that pops into my head. It's me thinking out loud, and I shouldn't do that. Here's the thing. I've wondered, man, I, and I've I've you know I I'm thinking about my church. I'm thinking about the churches I belong to, and more often than not, someone gets baptized, and it's like people have not witnessed something amazing, right? And the person enters into the baptismal water. They come out of the baptismal water. There's like three, four people in a congregation and they're like, amen. Right. And I'm thinking, man, there's, there's celebration in heaven. 
because someone has given up their lives. Now, I know, right? We talk about you, you shouldn't applaud at church, and you know, and that's a conversation, another keep calm and have an odd conversation for another time, right? Um, but I've always thought if there is a moment that we should literally clap and celebrate, it should be a baptism. But look, it tells you, I think, in my opinion, it tells you that oftentimes our sources of joy are misplaced. They're misplaced. If my son who has struggled, I'm, I'm giving an example here, has struggled with maybe drug addiction and never wanted to give up their life to Jesus, all of a sudden gives their life up to Jesus, we would probably be celebrating. We would probably do a huge feast at home, invite everybody over because my son is giving their life up to God. But if it's somebody else's son, that's not as important to us. And that again shows you how misplaced our sources of happiness and joy are, yeah. right? Instead of it being based on the things that make God happy, because that would make God happy no matter who it was, right? Giving their life to Jesus. We place it on things that make us happy, even in the spiritual realm, even in spiritual terms, even in ecclesiastical or church situations, right? Even there, we look for what makes me happy mm. as opposed to what is going to make God happy. And, and, I, and, I, and I, think, I think it's a huge difference. I think service is so important because I think there is something there. It's huge. Um, I, I wanted to read a, a comment here from N Day's disciple. That yeah, says, I was just about to mention the same thing. Uh, but happiness. by the way, can, before you read this, can, can I just say, is it that it's coming from Paul, or is it that he's quoting from Paul, or is it that Paul is quoting from Paul? You lost me, bro. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking read about. Read it all you the way to the very you. end. Read it. To no, the very I, end. I read it, <laughs> but <laughs> your, your your words lost me from Go. Paul through Paul. <laughs> About Paul, yes, what? Yes. <laughs> yes, go read it. Read it I'm just read kidding. It. No, uh, Enday's disciple says happiness is temporal. Happiness is based on happenings. What we need to pursue is joy. Paul, yes, right. That's what I'm saying. Yes, right yes. Yeah, probably because it came from Paul. Yes, <laughs> and 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 quoting and quoting or paraphrasing Paul. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. And I and I, I wanted to bring this uh, quote up because I wanted to ask you guys, you know. Now that we're talking about, uh, you know, especially what you said, I think you made a huge point there, Mitch, right? It's not just in uh, external things, but things that happen in church. It's still about us, right? We can't give that up, that, that happiness factor. But uh, I want to ask you guys a question, you know, uh, can we, can the pursuit of happiness lead us away from God? But like, for example, let's say for the person that says, you know what, I'm going to follow such and such career and I'm going to believe in God. Uh, and I'm going to do both or, you know, what, whatever it may be, I'm going to do such and such. And I'm going to believe in God. Like what, what are, what are the challenges with that? Or what do you guys think in the pursuit of happiness ultimately lead you away from God? What do you guys think? You, you know what? Yeah. Let me, uh, let me uh, give you a biblical example where I think it answers that. Um, Samson, I think is a very good example mm -hmm. of what happens when you pursue happiness at all costs. Right. Uh, I mean, he was just look. He was looking for. He was looking for self pleasure. He was looking for just that contentment at the moment. And where did it lead him? It led him to being blind, to being weak, to being a prisoner, and to being uh, unfulfilled in the mission that God had for him. I think of David. David is probably another good example, because there were moments where he was on top of the world spiritually, and there were moments where he was at just dirt 
level, right? Uh, spiritually. And a lot of times the reasons why he was at the very, very bottom was because he pursued his happiness over even the will of God. I think that uh, more often than not, that's probably the main issue is that we sometimes pursue things without putting God first. Mm. And not just happiness. I think anything for that matter, right? Because I think you could even pursue right actions at church without putting God first. And even that can cause you massive issues to the point where it leads you away from God. Like, I, I think that's possible. Exactly. Um, I, I, go ahead, because I wanted to answer your question specifically yeah. about the career. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to uh, continue off that that thought, you know, and I mentioned to you guys this, um, to you guys this before, you know, uh, this idea where we pursue happiness at all costs. And, and what happens where when we start to compromise because happiness is our main priority. You know, I talked about, um, I told you guys about like the whole thing with the riots, you know, the, mm. the people with the mentality about with the riots right now is that justice is everything. And what happens when everything else is compromised because you want equality, right? Mm. The Bible says, you, you know, the Bible talks about equality and yes, Jesus believes in equality. But when you see, how would you say red or when you see equality and nothing else, Right. then everything else becomes compromised. You forget that Jesus says, uh, 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 be, blessed are the peacemakers. You forget right. that Jesus says how to do it in love and all these different things, right? And the same thing when we talk about happiness, right? When happiness is the sole factor, other things become compromised, even in good things. Like I've seen people that uh, started going to school to be uh, uh, whatever you want to say. You know, they, they go on to go be something. And all of a sudden, yeah, I'm going to do both. I'm going I'm to I'm go to school. And then I, I'm going to, you know, have God in the same plateau. But but really what it is, is school is here and God is right here. And all of a sudden you start compromising Sabbaths. You start compromising here and there, spending time with God. Just because you have school just a little bit ahead of God, you start to compromise in that area. Andrew, and your happiness is your success, your career. Yeah. Just even if it's a little bit above God, you're going to start to compromise and find yourself a long ways out. Yeah. There. Andrew, let me let me. Let me let me let me interject here real quick because I think you bring up a a, a good point, and I'm going to take it a step further here. A lot of times, when we are pursuing happiness and we have God in second place, we end up justifying the things that we're not supposed to be doing simply because they make it they make they make us happy. And I can think of many examples, probably not the time or the place to mention them. But I can think of many examples. Just give us a few. <laughs> where, 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 the, where the mentality is, if this makes me happy, then it has to be right. Because God wants me to be happy. Yeah, or, or how about this one? As, as soon as I'm done with school, then I'll start going to a, a, a church on Sabbath again. I'll start uh, doing this again. Or yeah. We put a pause on I it think, as in I God's think, relationship. Yeah. We have a pause to it. All this. The biggest problem with all this is how you start off your career and how you start off your pursuit of happiness. If you start it without God in the equation, you're treading on rough water. See, see, okay. But look, I would say, I would say that it's, it's not even about starting it with God. I would say that it is allowing God to start it for you. You, you see what I'm saying? Like I I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the moment where we put both as important, right? I'm, I'm, because I'm, now, because now we have contending ideas and we end up saying something like, here, let me let me not even bring a career, for example. I've heard this, especially in the in the topic of like gay marriage, for example, right? Where the argument isn't a biblical argument as to why gay marriage should be 
uh, affirmed or allowed. The argument eventually becomes, well, if this is loving and this makes two individuals happy, how could God be against that? Mm. And what we're doing essentially is we have put both ideas, God and what we were thinking in contention. And in the process, what we do is we use what we were thinking to justify, justify. and mm-hmm. say, this is what God really thinks about the situation. And it doesn't work like that. It works the other way around. It is, what does God want? And I work within that framework of what God wants, right? Um, I, 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 I think that's where we run into problems. Sorry, Jason, you were going to say that. No, I was say what I meant by starting with God is like, hey, look, God, I have to choose my career and put it in prayer. Like, you know, yeah, guy, that, that, that's what I meant. And yeah. the same thing with your pursuit of happiness. Like, look, God, I'm trying to be happy. Like, I want to, I want so many things in my life, but you work your plan through me, not my, not let me work my plan for myself. I think that's where the clear distinction is because yeah. if, if God is nowhere, nowhere in the picture, be it a relationship, be it your education, be it your job, mm. be it your family. What if God, and generally in any aspect of your life, if you don't, give it to God first before making a decision. Sometimes you are really going to tread off, tread in really hard water. And yeah. then that's when you're going to want to put God in. Yeah. And sometimes even when we put God in and he shows us that it's supposed to be a, instead of B, we yeah. still decide to go for B. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem when you don't start with God. For sure. For sure. I hear you. And, and, and I think, I think we're all on the same page with that guys. We got to wrap it up. Uh, it's been a very interesting conversation. Unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't have a normal amount of viewers today, mm-hmm. but it's okay. I'm hoping that they get to see this conversation later on uh, because I think it is an important one. But let's just finish. Quick answers on this. What should make Christians happy? We've talked about the source of happiness. If you guys were to give a very quick answer on this, what should the source of our happiness be? According to what you know, that scripture teaches, spirit of prophecy, practice, etc. Uh, who wants to start with this? I'm gonna for me, it's following Jesus. Because once you start following him, everything else comes additionally. Got it. Got it. Source of happiness should be following Jesus. Very well. Andrew, what would you say? Yeah, um, uh, I would say the same thing. Jesus, you know, just like uh, Ellen White states that, you know, the happiness of all its created beings depended on their perfect accord with its great principles. I actually wanted to read another uh, verse in uh, Philippians 4.10. Uh, I don't, we didn't have time to get into this, but talking about contrasting uh, uh, joy and, uh, you know, happiness a little bit. It says, Philippians 4.10 through 13 says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound everywhere in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to be abound and to suffer need and do, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Right. If we say, you know, who is going to be our source or what should we be happy or what should make us happy or what should make us joyful is, is Jesus is abiding in Jesus. He's the one that's going to give us the joy or allow us to be in content in moments like this, when we are hungry, when we don't have a roof over our head, when we don't have enough money to pay our, our student loans, when we don't have, uh, uh, you know, um, whatever, you know, X, Y, or Z, you know? And the the, the, the thing that I think that I found so, found so uh, profound about what Paul is saying here says, says, for I have learned in whatever state I am sure. to be content. Sure. Joy is something that you have to learn 
through your experience with God. He's the one that's going to give you that. It's something that's learned. Unlike happiness, which is something that is an emotion, a reaction to something, we have to learn to, to be in a state of, of content that only Jesus can give him if we are abounding and abiding in him and he can abound through us. Very, very well. Um, I, I, I just wanted to just very quickly say, I, I've noticed that when I tell my son as he's building his Legos, right, and he does something, he finishes his Legos, again, he's four years old, and, and he says, look, puppy, right? And I see it, and I'm like, wow, you built this? That is amazing. Huge smile breaks out on his face, right? Because it's as if he becomes happy when his father is happy for something that he did. And I think that applies so closely to our spiritual lives, that there is a greater source of happiness when we allow ourselves to please God, right? And I say allow because it's the spirit that's working through us. Right? It's not even our own actions. Um, I, I, I mentioned a quote from Adventist Home where, uh, where she says, our happiness depends upon this cultivation of love, sympathy, and true courtesy to one another. Now, what is she talking about? Well, she ta she's talking about home should be like a little bit of heaven here on earth. Yeah. And so it's that idea of bringing what God has to offer down here on earth. I think those are the things that truly will make us happy. I think as Christians, as you guys have said, following Jesus, right? This is what Jason said, abiding in Jesus, Andrew, right? And I think it's really trying to live our lives pleasing Jesus that will bring us true and lasting happiness. I think there's a lot to be said. I, I'm, I'm going to encourage everybody to explore this topic, read about it. In fact, if you want to read a lot about happiness, all you got to do is just search the term in Ellen White's books. You're going to find yeah. like 5,000 times that she mentions the word happiness just what to show how important it is. What is it through uh, Lagos, Lagos or what is it? No, no. You can just go to EGW writings, man. Come okay. on. Yeah, the EGW. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I thought you were going to tell them to download an $800 software. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. No, you don't have to do that. But, but you know, you just go and search it and you will find so much on happiness and it always yes. ends up. Yeah, there you go. Right there. All right there. Hands. Yes. Uh, in your phones. But I, I think at the end, uh, you will find that God truly does want to make us happy, wants to make us joyful content to feel heavenly pleasures. Um, but, but it, but it means putting God first. So hopefully all of you pick this up. Well, anyways, we got to wrap these up, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure once again having this conversation with you guys. Uh, we want to remind everybody that is watching us to uh, uh, look us up on the Instagram, find our YouTube channel accounts, uh, uh, our YouTube channel. A link will be in there. And that way you can join up because soon we will be switching over there to have our, uh, our online services, our, our on online uh, uh, conversations. And so we hope that you guys will be able to join with us. Uh, keep an eye out for some new information, at least for the, when the next conversation is going to be and what it's going to be about. And outside of that, you know, we're, we're hoping that all of you today feel blessed, feel happy, feel joy, feel contentment. I think God has been with us at least for the past hour and a half, for sure. Um, Jason, will you lead us in a final prayer? Yes. Let's pray, guys. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, first of all, for another Sabbath that you gave us, Lord, another 
day that's specifically spent, um, to, chosen to spend time with you, Lord. Now, Lord, um, as we as we talked about today's topic, happiness, Lord, I pray that throughout the rest of this week that's uh, that's about to begin, Lord, that you really help us to determine and to see how we can become happy with you in our life, Lord. Help us to really try to achieve that happiness that only you can provide, Lord. And if there's something that, that we're not letting go of, there's something that's blocking us from giving all our all to you, Lord, help us to determine that and to help us, help us take that out of our life and to put it in your hands, Lord. Thank you for all the things that you do for us. And above all, thank you for sending your son to, and sacrificing him for us. I ask for all these things in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Jason, once again, thank you for the prayer. Andrew, thank you also uh, for being here. Martin, wherever you're at, we missed you, brother. Uh, and Gio, what's up, man? I thought he was going to join. Oh, first. I really yeah. I, I thought he was going to be like, um, we didn't even get, we didn't even get a, a comment or nothing. You know, nah, usually he probably he's usually harassing down. us. Yeah, I know. Hey, I know. He talking about YouTube, we already have four subscribers. There we go. There we so go. Somewhere, one of those four subscribers is, is going to have to be our winner for that show. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Jaylene. I'm hey, sure. it, it, it can be any siblings. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting extra rules. Hey, hey, but uh, but allow me to say, guys, once again, everybody that's watching us, if you got a question, if you got an issue, you got a, a topic that you want us to discuss, again, send us a, a direct message on Instagram, right? Uh, send us a message. Let us know. In fact, if you want the question to be anonymous, you can, we can do that as well. That's pr no problem. Even though we'll see your name, just put anonymous at the end of your question and we will not mention who said it, but we will mention your question. And so uh, if you have something that you want us to talk about, let us know. We are definitely interested in knowing what is interesting to you, what is important to you, what is relevant to you. But with that being said, we got to wrap it up. Uh, and I just want to remind everybody, everybody that's been watching us and anybody that may, that may watch us later on, remember that even if you feel sad, even if you feel down on this earth, even if you feel a little, little, you know, just, just not that great at the moment, there is a way you can feel happiness. God provided happiness. Let me tell you five words for you. You got to keep calm and advent on, keep looking to the coming yeah. of Jesus. That, that will truly make you happy. We hope that all of you are blessed. We'll see you next time and uh, have a happy rest of the Sabbath. Literally happy, happy Sabbath. God bless. <laughs> God bless guys.